3: That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. So, uh, well, we had a debate last night. We had uh, a whole bunch of things happening. Like, <laughs> hey, Kevin McCarthy's resigning, um, choosing choosing not to fight the good fight. Uh, what a what a coward! What a loser! You know, if I can't swing the gavel, I'm I'm not going to play ball. You know, if I can't be the boss. I can't but he's just a puppet of Pelosi. That's the problem. I think that he, he's compromised, and I think that uh you know him stepping down is just a you know sort of a, a spit in the eye of the republican uh, Republican trump voters because you know he can't win he can't he can't just get his head around well. Now he can get his head around it. The thing is, is he's com- he's compromised in a lot of ways. He was a womanizer, cheating uh, fool in Congress, had affairs. But in addition to that, he also McCarthy sold out. He was rooming bunkmates with in D.C. with uh, Frank Luntz. You know. uh You know, a guy, a congressman from California, gets a place, probably stays in Washington part-time and shares the space with Frank Luntz, and uh, which, you know, only goes to show you that he and Frank Luntz are probably really good friends. And Frank Luntz, we know, uh, along with uh, Kevin McCarthy, that they were in bed with Alphabet, Google... YouTube. So they had no love or they, they had no nothing to say when YouTube was censoring all the Republican channels. And then he wears his Ukraine pin all over the place, towing the, the line of Biden money laundering and corruption. So he decides to leave. Now, I heard this statement that said, if he resigned before the first of the before the first of the year, if he resigned by December 31st, then they'll have a special election. But if he resigned after the first, then uh, all bets are off. You know, Gavin Newsom wouldn't would have the decision to to hold a special election. So for that Kevin McCarthy did okay, but uh, Bill Johnson is out. Uh, you gotta you gotta now question what the motivating factor was because obviously Bill Johnson and Kevin McCarthy, and from what I'm hearing, uh, uh, another guy uh, uh, McCarthy's right hand man, um, John a blank on his name. Well oh, uh, McHenry, uh, is resigning, uh, at the end of his term. So you're going to have a lot of seats that, for example, Bill Johnson won the Ohio Valley. That's more than likely a conservative safehold. He's resigning to go and spend some, you know, be a, a headmaster at some university, uh, university president or something like that. But Kevin McCarthy's seat is not a sure deal. Neither is Santos's seat in Long Island. So why would the Republicans do that? You know, it's a good question to ask. So we have a Congressman Klein from uh, North Dakota, that uh, no, I, I well, no, Congressman Klein. I forget where he's from, but um, he uh, voted. He did not vote against Santos, and he does. He thinks that the timing is is really bad, but Kevin McCarthy must have known, and uh, you know, probably advocated for the Santos thing threatening ethics violations by uh Matt Gates but Matt Gates was always right about this stuff days before days before his Matt Gates is uh, be, be, days before this whole thing happened with McCarthy Matt Matt Gates predicted it and here's what Matt Gates had to say Matt Gates speaking uh, about the topic of getting rid of Santos. Matt Gates was pushing and advocating for keeping Santos until at least he's convicted of a crime. You know, I mean, the Democrats have Menendez passing around gold bars from Egypt, written in Arab Arabic, and they don't get rid of Menendez, and he's handling classified document still and they have nothing to say about it when it's a democrat they get to act like Gilhan Omar and sleep with their brother and ain't no matter there or Ocasio Cortez setting up uh, shady LLCs to launder campaign donations I mean it's it's all happening you got uh, the Bowman guy that pulls the uh, the fire alarm. Democrat. The Democrats are pieces of crap. And yet, if we're not careful on the right, we might just give the entire House back to the Democrats and have Jeffries be the next speaker. So let's take a listen to Matt
4: Gaetz. ...and our willingness to self mutilate on these things, really impairs our ability to get the job done. So let's let's do the math here, Charlie, we we have a four vote majority, right? Now we've kicked out George Santos, we have a three vote majority. Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio has taken a college university presidency, that could knock us down to two. And I don't really think Kevin McCarthy's sticking around long. Every image of his office shows that he's packing things up in boxes. So we could be down to a one-seat majority. We got a bunch of these octogenarians in our conference. If, God forbid, any of them were to cross the Rainbow Bridge, we would uh, we would be in a situation where we could literally lose the majority because we were so eager to throw George Santos out before even being convicted. It is not in accordance with precedent, it is not in accordance with due process, and it is just tactically freaking stupid.
3: And I agree. Dr. DeGeneres, it's 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 a real deal. We have a lot of older people in the house that you know could take ill. And it, all it takes is one more person, and next thing you know, we've lost the house. And is this to protect Joe Biden and the corruption? Is this to try to get Joe Biden another uh, four years? I mean, what are they trying to do? Snatch victory from the jaws of, uh, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory? Right? I mean, how could they lose with Donald Trump place? You got four people it's down to four holding a debate in Tuscaloosa, Alabama and I got I must admit I must confess it was um, it was pretty uh, I, I didn't watch it. I don't watch uh, I didn't watch the debate, but I saw the clips today and I have one of the clips that was a really great soundbite by Vivek Ramaswamy giving Chris Christie the beat down of his life. <laughs> it was pretty funny because Chris Christie tries to come off with his little Jersey attitude say, oh, I'm tough, I'm big, I'm going to take this little whippersnapper and snap him into place. And Vivek had none of that. <laughs> now, Vivek has some history, historical ties with the World Economic Forum, but for the most part, He's been blasting, he's been blasting it, uh, the, uh, you know, the woke agenda. And he even now comes out and says, I dare say that J6, J6 is uh, uh, in question. So we're going to listen to a couple of different sound bites, But this one here took the cake. This was the highlight of the night. Right here. Now, Fox News will tell you DeSantis won this debate, but everybody's talking about Vivek, so I don't know.
5: I'm not done
4: yet. Well this now is look. so on. this is
3: Chris Christie acting like a bully. A big bully. And um Vivek beats him down like a drum. Alright.
4: I'm not done yet. Well this, now is, hold this on. is now look, this is Now a this man is spewing nonsense.
5: Let me tell you something. This is the fourth debate, the fourth debate that you would be voted in the first twenty minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. So shut up for a little while. I'm going to respond to that. I want to see no, no, you going take that, finish. I want to say something else. We're now twenty-five minutes into this debate, and he has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence. Not her positions, her basic intelligence. She doesn't know regions. She wouldn't be able to find something on a map that his three-year-old could find. Look, if you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. But I'll tell you this, I've known her for 12 years, which is longer than he's even started to vote in a Republican primary. (laughs) And while we disagree about some issues and we disagree about who should be president of the United States, what we don't disagree on is this is a smart accomplished woman and you should stop insulting so her. So I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna take Trevor over.
6: Uh,
3: Defending so Nikki Haley.
5: I think we
6: just learned something from Perhaps. this history. We learned oh, three oh, things. Oh, hold on, let- Go we ahead. learned three things right there. First of all, Chris Christie also doesn't know what provinces in eastern Ukraine he actually wants us to fight for. Chris, your version of foreign policy experience was closing a bridge from New Jersey to New York. Yeah. So do everybody a favor. Just walk yourself off that stage. Enjoy a nice meal. Yeah. And get the hell out of this place. Yeah, when it comes to Nikki, I think if you're going to actually send your sons and daughters well, to go die in somebody voting, else's war. On, while you 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 better, voting, excuse me, Chris, I'm speaking and I'm not done yet. I have you your the chance. Time when you. And we're going to be done. So listen up to this. Is If these people want to send your sons and daughters to go die in Ukraine, they've been arguing for it for a year. $200 billion of our taxpayer money sent over. Neither of them could even name for you the provinces that they actually want to protect. And this is the people who have been touting their so-called foreign policy experience. It is intellectual fraud. These people are lying to you. The same people who told you about weapons and mass destruction in Iraq to justify that invasion didn't know the first thing about it yet they sent thousands of our sons and daughters to go die the same
3: yep (laughs) that's true here's another truth vivek was on fire last night
6: with all three of my other colleagues on this debate stage is all three of them have been licking Donald Trump's boots for years for money and endorsements. Booyah. Ron DeSantis, you've been a great governor, but you would have never been one without actually begging Donald Trump for that endorsement. And you attacked him in your book a year ago. Same thing with Chris Christie as a lobbyist, begging them for COVID money for his special interests in New Jersey, prepping him for...
3: You know, it's funny. uh, We're going to continue with this. I'm going to even rewind a little bit. But um, there... They've given up on their own agenda and dismissing Trump. Now they're all fighting in a way that says, "I was on the Trump train before you." And so Ron DeSantis, you didn't hear it, but his response was, "And you put you were going, you know, putting him down last year." So it's like Trump is coming out the winner here. Really, you know, the oxygen in the room belongs to Trump. It's Trump oxygen. Again, let's take a listen.
6: Donald Trump for that endorsement. And you attacked him in your Nikki book Haley. a year ago.
3: See, and you attacked him in your whatever. You, you know, I can barely make it out, but let's take a listen.
6: Governor, but you would have never been one without actually begging Donald Trump for that endorsement. And you attacked him in your Nikki book Haley. a year ago. Same thing with Chris Christie as a lobbyist, begging them for COVID money for his special interests in New Jersey, prepping him for the debates last time around. These people are now Monday morning quarterbacking some decision he made. I think the real enemy is not Donald Trump. That the great replacement theory is not some grand right wing conspiracy theory, but a basic statement of the Democratic Party's platform. That the 2020 election was indeed stolen by big tech. That the 2016 election, the one that Trump won for sure, was also one that was stolen from him by the national security <laughs> establishment okay. that actually Thank put you. up the Trump Russia collusion hoax that they knew was false. There's a reason why I'm the only person That'll on the it, stage sir. who can Thank say you. these things. That's what it's going to take. Not people who were licking his boots one time and now Monday okay. morning quarterbacking and criticizing him when it's convenient.
7: <laughs> Governor Chris.
3: Boom, <laughs> that was, that was pretty sweet, huh? I have to say, you can't, you can't complain about that speech. So, you know, whatever that means, reg- regarding a vice presidentship, whatever that means. But it's true every every bit of every bit of what he said, I agree with it a hundred percent. They've all been licking Trump's boots until he gets in the way of whatever it is that they need or want. Since Elon Musk bought X, SEC sues Musk over the purchase. FDC demands uh, SEC, uh, the Security uh, Exchange Commission sues musk over the purchase uh, the federal trade commission demands internal x documents the biden doj sues spacex for not hiring refugees for secret rocket technology <laughs> yeah right like we're going to allow refugees who are spies to handle that kind of technology who can't be vetted So Biden, DOJ, and his SEC open investigations against Tesla over a literal glass house. Okay. Biden, DOJ, opens criminal investigation against Tesla over self-driving cars. Federal investigation into Neuralink. EOCC sues Tesla over harassment massive media campaign against X massive corporate boycott campaign against uh X this the regime, re- regime is terrified of this man this is the only this is only the beginning so again this is again once again it's corporations aligned with government that are are attacking uh, you know the people that want to put an end to the deep state to the end of the establishment elite and to globalism and to you know ESG and the carbon hoax and carbon scam you know the climate scam which Trump came out and said you know it's a scam people should be allowed to buy electric vehicles if they want, but not sub. They shouldn't be subsidized by the government. That they should have a right to buy fossil uh, combustible engines and use fossil fuels the way they want. It's our earth. It's not theirs. See, that's the problem. It's not their world. It's our world. It's everybody's world. So why does Klaus Schwab? And King Charles and uh, all these other radical elites, Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden all want to restrict and regulate and control and set the rules. And most of these people were not duly elected. I don't believe that Trudeau and Biden were elected fairly. Who could vote for these monsters? And then you take all these UN ambassadors and and diplomats and these World Health Organization thugs that are controlling the uh, government's reactions to pandemics that they themselves create, and then you have these other uh, entities like the World Economic Forum and the International Monetary Fund, Christine Lagarde, and uh, Rishi Sunak, and and uh, who was not elected for the UK, and um, all these other um, entities that are basically usurping your freedom, your civil liberties, your your justice, your power. To the tune where you can actually get thrown in jail for violating their rules that, and they're unelected, they're unelected official, they're unelected people who seem to think that you need like like uh, who elected John Kerry, yet he is instrumental in setting a, 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 a setting forth all of these standards and rules while he flies in his private jet. It's pretty crazy, really, when you think about it. So let's take a listen to a couple of things here today. Um, first, to get to that the corporate corporate overreach, let's take a listen to JD Vance delivering warning to bank CEOs who are on Capitol Hill, like Jamie Dimon, that you know globalist that he is. Basically, Jamie Dimon was on board saying, I think Bitcoin should be put out of business. Now, it's true that Bitcoin is the currency of choice for every laundering scheme and every child uh, trafficker and every drug runner. Uh, Bitcoin is definitely a shady uh, institution, really, because it, it provides you with this level of anonymity while exchanging money. You know, transferring money around the world. So, I mean, yeah, there is a, there are a lot of problems with Bitcoin, and Bitcoin's taken a huge dive today, based on what Jamie Dimon said, which was, "If I was a government official, I would shut Bitcoin down today." He said that yesterday, on Capitol Hill, before the Senate. Now, the thing is, is that uh, J.D. Vance, though, before he said that. <laughs> Before he said that, J.D. Vance gave this opening to his monologue, which I thought was pretty powerful, about uh, the warning to bank CEOs after accusing them of jumping into a culture war. Let's take a listen.
8: Thanks to the, the CEOs for being here. Uh, I know uh, a few of you personally, and I admire all of you, but one of the things that I've expressed in private uh, and also in public is my concern that the American political system is infecting the American financial system. And frankly, the American financial system is infecting uh, the American political system. This is a graphic compiled by my staff, which lists the ways in which your financial institutions have gotten involved in major political debates of the last uh, few years. Things like the Georgia voter identification law, things like whether to lend to fossil fuel-based companies, things like guns and abortion, I should say, of course, that we all have our opinions on matters of public policy. Senator Cortez Masto and I disagree. Uh, But the difference between Senator Cortez Masto and I and all of you is that the people of our states elected us to do public policy. Nobody elected you, and so my counsel and my line of questioning is going to be very focused on this particular issue. Stay out of public policy unless it affects your core business interests, because if you don't, it's going to be a lot harder uh, for us to see you guys as neutral arbiters and neutral actors in the American financial system, it's gonna be much easier for us to see you as as political actors. I wanna focus on a couple of issues just because I think they highlight the absurdity of this, and that will lead me to my questions. Georgia in 2021 passed an extraordinarily moderate voter identification law. Six of the eight of you immediately issued statements criticizing the state of Georgia to that effect, or at least your institutions issued statements to that effect. Now, I should point out that New York has a voter identification law, a much more stringent voter identification law than the state of Georgia. Did any of you issue statements criticizing the state of New York for their voter identification law? Show of hands. Let the record show that none of you criticized New York for a more stringent law, but you jumped into a culture war over Georgia. I can't possibly understand why. Something that's more concerning to me, because it affects my constituents in the state of Ohio, is a lot of your approach on energy policy. We have seen over the last 18 months the consequences of reducing American energy independence. It empowers very bad people all over the world. It also impoverishes and immiserates some of my constituents and destroys their job. I'm not picking on you, Mr. Moynihan. Uh, the, you, I think you're the only bank that has a red X on every single issue. This is true of most of you. But I'm going to ask you this question about energy policy. In 2015, Bank of America committed to cut off lending by 2025, that's just a couple of years from now, to companies earning 25% or more of their revenue from thermal coal mining. Now, that decision and some other decisions that have been made are raising the price of energy on Ohio consumers and imperiling the jobs of those who work in the energy sector. Why are you doing this? Did the government make you do it? And if not, why are you doing it? Uh, Senator Vance, just to be specific, that was a statement about mountaintop removal policy. I grew up in southern Ohio where it was called strip mining back then. Sure. My next-door neighbor was engaged in the business. And the statement we made was we would not – continue to fund people who would continue to take the tops off of the mountains in the Appalachian Mountains and turn them into mines. And that was based on our assessment of the risk at the time. So you guys have taken a number of other energy uh, policy decisions that raise the cost of energy in American consumers. Uh, you guys have a, a committed to a net zero standard by which effectively there are no net zero carbon emissions. And you've held your clients to that standard saying that they need to become aligned with net zero and we plan to be the advisor of choice to our clients in this transition so it's not just that particular decision mr Moynihan, and again it's not just bank of america my point here is is pretty straightforward and simple which is that Whether we achieve net zero and when we achieve net zero is a debate for the elected representatives of the American people. What kind of voter identification law we have is a decision for the elected representatives of the American people. And every time you guys get involved in these cultural war battles, it makes it harder for the American people to see you guys as neutral financial institutions. And it, frankly, makes it harder uh, for us to, to do the same.
3: So- now, where this was important is you know that banks are closing down accounts for conservatives. That's why this exchange is really important. Banks are literally picking and choosing winners. And like he said, you know, uh, when uh, Georgia invested in some new voting laws that were not half as strict as uh, some some things that they had going on in New York, um. The the banks made a big deal out of it, but they didn't with New York.
8: So I I will leave you with with just this thought. You've heard some very good line of questioning on Basel III. I agree with Senator Haggerty about Basel III. I don't know what uh, some of the regulators are talking about doing. I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, Often, bank CEOs and other financial institutions will come to Republicans – For more reasonable regulations, for lower regulations, for lower taxes, to fight it back against things like Basel III, I guess my point is, if you guys are going to use the financial power that you've accumulated to go to war against the values of our voters, impoverish our constituents who rely on cheap energy, and destroy the jobs of people who work in the energy sector, why should we listen to you when you come and ask us for a tax break or for reasonable regulations? I'm one Republican who wants to have a good relationship with you, but the more you guys insult yourself into these fights, the less good that relationship will be. Thank you all for being here.
3: That was a shot across the bow. Keep it up, and we'll regulate you to your knees. Uh, You come to us with deregulation pleas and and government bailouts, and we're going to leave you hanging. That's what they said. That's what J.D. Vance just said to the banks that's the kind of tough love you need okay getting back to the uh debate i had one more clip i wanted to play it's in line with uh this next uh, direction i want to go which is uh with trump's position on climate this was vivek last night on climate
6: I'll use this to just address a topic we didn't talk about tonight, but I think is one of the most important topics that needs to be discussed. That is this climate change agenda that is shackling this country like a set of handcuffs. I said it at the first debate and I stand by it. The climate change agenda is a hoax because it has nothing to do with the climate. That's what we have to see. 98% reduction in the climate disaster related deaths in the last century eight times as many people are gonna die of cold temperatures this year than warm ones. Yet against that backdrop, there's an issue coming up in Iowa. It's core to Iowa farmers. I met Kim Junker, Kathy Stockdale and other farmers who are about to have a carbon capture pipeline built across their land using eminent domain to do it. That's unconstitutional and it's wrong. And if you thought COVID was bad, what's coming with this climate agenda is far worse. We should not be bending the knee to this new religion. That is what it is. It is a substitute for a modern religion. We are flogging ourselves and losing our modern way of life, bowing to this new god okay. of climate. And that will end on my watch. Thank it's you,
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm writing an article on the American farmer right now and... It's uh, it's it's really tough for American farmers, small family farmers, to exist in this landscape. And climate is uh, a huge problem. It's already a difficult and challenging enough industry. Um, but the big corporations with the lobbyists and the ability to buy thousands and thousands of acres of land to isolate themselves from suburbs... Set in for set place in for uh, set in place these uh, guidelines and restrictions and regulations that make it impossible for a family farmer. Then you throw in eminent domain, where someone wants to build a highway nearby your farm, and uh, and next thing you know, your farm now is too close to a a population to where. Uh, there are complaints of odors or um yeah the risk of uh in, the risk of uh infectious diseases or something like that um, Farms have to have a distance a certain distance away from suburban communities and these farms are being driven out and it's partly it's part of a global agenda really where They want people to be concentrated into these 15-minute cities where they don't have to drive, they don't have to leave their homes, they don't have to do much. And uh, it's kind of crazy, really, when you think about it. Here's what Trump had to say about COP28. And we have more oil and gas than they do.
1: Our country can be rich again. John Kerry has to be stopped. He's destroying our country. This guy. I mean, think of it. He goes all over the world in a private jet, by the way. He goes all over the world talking to these people about getting rid of coal plants. They all laugh at him. They, you know, treat him with respect. He's gone. They say, what an idiot. What a jerk. And, and we have more oil. In-
3: yeah. And here's John Kerry. Even
1: when Donald Trump was president, 75 percent of the new electricity in the United States of America came exclusively from renewables. Now, obviously, he didn't know it, or he would have stopped. It.
3: See, badmouths Trump all over the world, but frankly, natural gas has been the sole, the the single most uh, thing to clean our environment. Natural gas, by the way, fertilizer, uh, MP and K fertilizer, ammonia. Um, natural gas is the main s- source uh, of energy to to advance fertilizer to create fertilizer that helps plants grow, that feeds the livestock that ends up in all of our foods. So it's absolutely uh, essential, and yet John Kerry wants to put an end to agriculture and go with synthetic foods. It's kind of crazy. All right, so here is uh, Donald Trump about John Kerry. And we have more oil and gas than- Oh, wait. I, we just heard that one. It was just headlined differently. All right. So I have a couple more things I want to uh, talk about. Um, there were some Trump clips from the other... two days ago uh, where we... he was on Sean Hannity. Let's take a listen to some of these highlights.
2: Let me ask you, when prominent Democratic voices like Maureen Dowd and And David Axelrod and Van Jones and others are so critical of Joe Biden. And, of course, he is struggling cognitively. I can't think of, in the last couple of months, any appearance that he has had where he wasn't either mumbling or bumbling or stumbling or having no clue where to go, where to exit. Now, my question is, do you think in 11 months he will be their candidate? I
1: personally don't think he makes it. OK, I haven't said that. I'm saving it for this big town hall. I'd never. Really, I personally don't think he might. I think he's in bad shape physically. Do you remember when he said, I'd like to take him behind the barn? If he took me behind the barn and I went like this, fall. I believe he'd fall over. I believe he'd fall over. Who knows? who knows? Who knows? But. But it was OK. And by the way, it was OK for him to say that he's said, I'd like to take him behind. He could say that and everyone thought it was so cute. If I ever said it, they'd say, he's a dictator. He's a horrible human being. You know, it's a whole double standard we have. And not only in the law, but just about everything else, as you know very well. Um, I personally don't think he makes it physically. I watched him at the beach. He wasn't able to lift a beach chair, which is meant for children to lift <laughs> like that. Uh, and mentally, I would say he's possibly equally as bad and maybe worse. But I don't know. I will say this. He's got vicious people surrounding him around that beautiful Oval Office. There are people in that Oval Office that are evil people, bad people, smart people, young, vicious. They're communists.
3: Yeah, they are. It's true. Everything you just said there is unfortunately true. Let's take a listen. Yeah.
2: Under no circumstances you are promising America tonight, you would never abuse power as retribution against
1: anybody. Except for day one. Yeah. Except for he's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's not a that's that's not no no that's not retribution. I got I'm gonna be I'm gonna be you know, he keeps we love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border, and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. So that, okay? that, that sounds to me like you're going back to the policies
2: when you were president. <laughs> That's All right. exactly an issue, though, because...
3: That's kind of funny uh, how he answered that. All right. Um, here we got uh, his comments on Nikki Haley.
1: Nikki Haley's campaign i hear that de- you know i just found out that democrats are funding nikki haley's campaign what i hear that democrats are contributing to ronda sanctus's or ronda sanctimonious to ronda sanctus's campaign and then you hear the talking points that's the only thing they're good at cheating on elections and great talking points they say we want to run against trump they want to run well we did really well in 2016, and we did so much better in 2020. The person they don't want to run against is us. It's us. It's not me. It's us. Because it's a movement, the likes of which this country, Sean, has never seen before.
3: Yep. And here we go. This is another one. Uh, President Trump calls out DeSantis and Haley for targeting seniors.
1: Like DeSantis, and to a lesser extent, Nikki Haley... They want to play around with your Social Security. You don't have to touch Social Security. We have money laying in the ground far greater than anything we can do by hurting senior citizens with their Social Security. Ron DeSantis wanted to bring up on Social Security. Now, of course, he says, well, I wouldn't. But, you know, one thing I learned about politicians, I've known them, I've dealt with them on the other side for a long time. Their first thought is always the thought that they go to. He wanted to raise the minimum age, the age on Social Security to 70. That's a big Ouch. increase. But he also wanted to raise it to 75. If that happened, people would be devastated. We have such incredible wealth under our feet that that takes care of everything. Then guys like DeSantis.
3: Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, pretty, pretty tough. Uh, he goes on to say in that, line, we have liquid gold that could pay for it. The money we would make, you know, uh, these oil rich countries make trillions of dollars on the oil. Uh, We could go and get our debt down and everything else uh, just by being energy independent. Uh, Let's take a listen.
2: Democratic voices like Maureen Dowd and and David Axelrod, and Van Jones, and others are so critical of Joe Biden.
1: And, of course, he is struggling cognitively.
3: I think we heard this one, so let's try this one.
1: Not 75 million people. I think it's 150 million people. It might be more than that. I mean, who doesn't want to see strong borders and a strong military and low taxes and low interest rates and go out and buy a house? I played on purpose because I see what the They say, we want to run against Trump. They want to run. Well, we did really well.
3: Yeah. Um, Here is one last one. Donald Trump reacts to news that Biden said he would be running for President Trump.
2: He said this. If if Trump Trump wasn't wasn't running, I'm not sure I'd be running, he said, at a campaign event today.
1: How do you you react to that? Well, I think somebody gave him a talking point. They thought that would sound good. (laughs) You know, I just found out that Democrats are funding.
3: Yeah, we heard that, funding Nikki Haley. These uh, audio clips for, for, for today were all out of whack. I apologize for that. They were definitely out of whack. Um, there's other news that, that uh, I'm here to report. Uh, Dylan Milvaney, um, she was basically getting, he, <laughs> excuse me, I was reading. All right. So Dylan Mulvaney, he was originally getting twenty six thousand five hundred and uh, per speech. For what I, I have, you know, like what does he talk about? Right, talks about being a girl, or I mean, this is what our universities have come to. Penn State. Uh so he, what he did was he published a news thing and he, he updated his uh resume and he basically says uh I I need more than 26,500. I I need $40,000 now. Because I have 6 million followers on Twitter and TikTok and whatever Instagram. Uh, so I'm worth 40 million. A 40,000, 40,000 of a speech. So Penn State My favorite wrestling team, my favorite football team, Penn State, decides that they're going to go ahead and pay this dude, Dylan Mulvaney. And he shows up, and nobody shows up. He shows up for a venue that seats like 400 people, and I think about 65 people showed up it more than two-thirds of the venue was empty and this is what he had to talk about
5: 100
6: i feel like like i my bigger picture i'll share with you is like my dream in life is to like have like hello sunshine like reese witherspoon or do the ryan murphy thing and like make other people's stories and i think a lot of those stories that i want to help make are, are black and trans story, black trans stories and I know that I'm not the right one to like create those, but I wanna help get our foot in the door. And I think I'm like one of the most privileged trans people in the world right now, and I'm starting to find seats at the table, and I wanna be able to clear space for my other dolls. And I think a big part of that is like, it's, it's happening offline, but I, I have these bigger dreams of how can we look at this outside of just the day-to-day of TikTok
3: and like... This is I, I, I. It's all about him. It's all about his interests, his creative aspirations. I mean, he went to acting school. He's an actor. So he wants to create new roles for himself. And the university pays him $40,000. Penn State... Pays him forty thousand dollars to get up there and talk about he, he the subjects he wants to cover and and present like on Netflix or something and write a script for black and and trans it, it, it people. This is a dude that literally crushed the Anheuser-Busch brand overnight. It's it's really unbelievable where we are today. Well, just uh, this morning, I I captured these clips. I wanted to cover this one clip uh, regarding the Belt and Road Initiative, and then I have another clip related to Joe Biden. Let's see. I'm going to play this Joe Biden one first. Let's go ahead and listen to this one. Any disruption in our ability to supply Ukraine... Clearly, strengthens Putin's position. Extreme Republicans are playing chicken with our national security, holding Ukraine's funding hostage to their extreme partisan border policies. He's reading. I am willing to make significant he's compromises on the border. He's just reading a teleprompter. We need to fix the broken border system. It is broken. Who broke it, Joe? Who broke the border, Joe? So he's going to now try to get the Senate to uh, fund Ukraine. And if they and they're holding out funding, the Republican Senate is, uh, well, it's a Democrat led Senate, but it, the Republicans in the Senate are saying we got to get something on border security. All they want is money for border. The border, the border security money is going to go to uh, hiring more processors to process more people through our border and make them slave labor workers or fake voters or drug runners, or spies, or terrorists that attack us. Incidentally, it is the 80th or 81st anniversary, or I think it's 81st or 82nd anniversary of uh, Pearl Harbor. So our thoughts go out to the the veterans and those who've given their life for our country. But opening the border is not what they fought for. In any case, let's continue. And thus far, I've got no response.
7: Who broke it? That was President Biden yesterday blasting Republicans for holding up Ukraine aid over extreme partisan border policies, he says. Biden also claimed he was willing to make significant compromises on that, quote unquote, broken border. Senate Republicans blocked a procedural vote to advance an $111 billion national security funding request, which would provide millions for Ukraine and Israel all 49 Republicans voted against the bill prior to the vote Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer suggested that Republicans might not actually care about sending uh, securing the border but only want to prevent Ukraine from getting aid watch this
2: you're asking ourselves this question has border been nothing more than an excuse for the hard right to kill funding for Ukraine and too many other Republican senators who are not part of the hard right are going along I hope that's not true.
7: Joining me right now is Virginia Congressman Ben Klein, a member of the House Judiciary Budget Appropriations Committees. Congressman, good to see you. Thanks very much for joining us. I guess he's ignoring the impact of the open border, um, suggesting you're just using it as a ploy.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. If you talk to my constituents or Americans all across the country, the border is their primary concern, the broken border that Biden created. Uh, We had a record set just day before yesterday, 12,000 people illegally crossing the border, Uh, many of them not just from uh, Mexico, Central America, but from China, from Russia, from Middle East. We don't know exactly how many people uh, are on the terror watch list who cross the border. So my district has an interstate running through it interstate 81 and if you talk to the state police who pull over this is
3: uh ben klein from uh republican from virginia
0: hands cars, and they see human trafficking, drug trafficking, all of it coming from a broken border, and we need to fix it now.
7: Well, I mean, Kaylee, jump in here because how offensive that the president completely ignores all of that, the drugs coming in, the would-be terrorists, the Chinese nationals, and, and, and actually suggests, even Chuck Schumer, suggesting that the Republicans are just using this as a ploy. Well, and not just that, Congressman, but they also ignore the fact that House Republicans did pass a border security That's package right. earlier this year, H.R. 1, that Schumer declared dead on arrival and that Biden would have vetoed anyway, correct?
0: Absolutely. And now Joe Biden is saying he's willing to take concessions and the Senate needs to listen to him.
7: House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan and House Oversight Chairman James Comer sending a letter to Hunter Biden's attorney, meanwhile, threatening to hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress if he doesn't appear for testimony next Wednesday. December 13th is the day they want him in. President Biden once again claimed he never spoke to any of Hunter's business partners yesterday. Watch this.
6: Can you explain to the Americans uh,
8: this is kind of big? Because he's flat out lying here. with so many of your son and brothers' foreign business associates. I'm not going to comment. that I did not, and it's just a bunch of lies. You didn't interact with many I, of their lies. business associates. I did not.
0: There's what? lies.
7: A bunch of lies, Congressman, is what the president said.
0: Um, it's embarrassing for him to directly, uh, in contravention of the facts that are coming out from the Oversight Committee and Chairman Comer, Chairman Jordan on Judiciary, Uh, we stand ready to follow the facts. And the more that comes out uh, on the dealings between Joe Biden, uh, James Biden, and Joe Biden's son, Hunter, uh, we're seeing a definite connection between the bank accounts, the uh, shell companies that were set up, to funnel money from foreign business interests to hunter biden and to the big guy himself the president
7: yeah but they're ignoring it the doj is also not taking it seriously you were supposed to have his brother and yesterday he blew off this subpoena um so how do you how can you uh convince anybody that you guys are actually going to get some accountability here
0: you know what? Uh, the last Congress, the Nancy Pelosi Congress, showed us uh, that when uh, she tried to investigate uh, members of the Trump uh, campaign that uh, they were held in contempt and ultimately put in jail. And so, uh, you know what? If they won't comply with these subpoenas, we have tools at our disposal that we can pursue.
7: So, so what is the tool? I mean, what is being held in contempt of Congress mean? What, what, what kind of an impact does that have?
0: Well, it means that the courts can ultimately uh, put you in prison for failing to comply with a congressional subpoena.
7: Okay. Uh, Meanwhile, you know, the majority is razor thin and now even thinner, getting thinner. Former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy announced he's resigning from Congress at the end of the year. Here's a bit of that.
6: Today I am driven by the same purpose that I felt when I arrived in Congress. But now it is time to pursue my passion in a new arena. While I'll be departing the House at the end of this year, I will never, ever give up fighting for this country that I love so much.
7: So what's your reaction, Congressman? Some House Republicans are now voicing concern that the GOP might only have a one or two seat advantage into 2024. How are you going to get anything done?
0: Yeah, I, it is a concern, and I, I wish he uh, were more passionate about staying with us in our house majority and voting with us to fight back against chuck schumer against joe biden against the woke agenda that they're pushing on families on communities on small businesses um he's got to pursue his own uh future and and you know we wish him well but uh i wish that he had stayed to keep our majority at four seats instead of uh, three that it's now going to become
7: real quick joe Borelli.
6: Congressman, given the razor-thin majority you're about to have, uh, is there any buyer's remorse on
8: the George Santos expulsion? Would it have been a little better to let it play out with the voters?
0: Well, I think that it was unprecedented to expel a member who had not been convicted of felonies. Uh, the indictments had been issued and he was facing trial, but those that trial was not going to come until next year. And he has a right. uh, We all have due process rights to put forward our best defense. So I would have preferred to wait until the courts resolved this before we kicked him out.
7: But did you vote to kick him out then?
0: No, no, I did not.
7: And what about Bob Menendez? I mean, the Democrats have such a different approach. So the Republicans push out George Santos without uh, him having a trial to defend himself. And yet we've got Bob Menendez where we've got reports that he has gold bars in his possession, um, stolen gold bars, and he's still there.
0: Yeah, that's typical of Democrats. One standard for us and one standard uh, for them. And so Senator Menendez is still on the Senate floor, still voting, still in possession of sensitive intelligence information and receiving gold bars allegedly from Egyptian interests, where George Santos used his campaign money on Botox and, and personal items uh, and has been expelled uh, for allegations of, of misuse with his campaign funds that still have to be proven in court. And once he's convicted of that felony, I would have voted to kick him
3: out. Yeah, well, there it is. You know, it's two standards, and our Republican Party is not fighting for us. Hey, please visit magapac.org. Make a donation if you can to help support the Scott Adams Show commercial-free. Also use Red State over at mypillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.